Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Still with Hollis. Thankfully, so, yes. gosh, it was very Thankfully, touch and go there Hollis. for a minute. Close call there. Yep, I was scared. <laughs> Nearly got anacondaed. Anacondaed? Uh-huh. The big old snake came up, but it wasn't a snake. Yeah, it was, a it was ten, ten snake-like tentacles. Yes. Nearly got Jack Sparrowed. How's that? Yeah, that's a little more accurate, <laughs> considering that was actually a kraken. The kraken. Can I just say, my favorite line in that entire thing was, what is this thing? It's an octopus. What's that? It's this, but wet. That's <laughs> 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 the funniest line. I mean, I'm still laughing over it. She's not wrong. Yeah. It's true. At least we have time to make good jokes while we're all being strangled to death by... Just me. Giant tentacle things, kraken. Sand kraken. When last we left our party, the doorkeepers had made their way out from the desert oasis, from the salt flats, making their way to what they hope is going to be the tomb of Chisisek. Along the way, they happen to stumble into the hunting grounds, the burrow of a burrowed sand kraken, which had then subsequently attempt to wreck the entire party. Hey, we mostly Hollis. We let it live because we weren't going to dig it up, and everyone survived. So let it. I was going to say it was less out of mercy and more out of the fact that we're too lazy, lazy to dig a ton of sand out from underneath. And it wasn't a threat. To, and it wasn't a threat to us anymore. That's just yeah. mean at that point. It will yeah. be in one to four days. It's a public menace. And to, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, and to, I suppose, sum up that fight very quickly, uh, Citra unfortunately did, I think, nothing. <laughs> no hits. Yep. Uh, Didn't get a single one in there. <laughs> Masika ran forward with the equivalent of a Zippo and hairspray <laughs> and lightly singed <laughs> two of the uh, the tentacles. Hey, I helped. Narmer was shockingly <laughs> effective. And Sudi, MVP for that fight, I think yep. karate chopped his way through five or six of them after Hollis Woo. had lightly flambéed a couple of them before the fight. I killed and, a uh, really rolled in. and Hollis yeah. I shouted. That's true. You killed two. I think she might have killed. Actually, I think you killed three. Sudi killed five or six. I Narmer used a third and a fourth level spell in that fight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think you killed three. I think Narmer killed two. And I think Sudi killed the rest. Five. Yeah, so, uh, all of that being said, the party had successfully defeated said Sand Kraken. And by defeated, I actually mean defeated and not killed because it was mm-hmm. still under there. We'll regenerate its tentacles. And you're just like, it's not worth the effort of digging this guy up. Nope. We put mild body horror on it. And then it regrows all of its tentacles. And I think you put up some signs saying, you know, well, on Hawks did. Yeah, on Hawks put up some signs. was thinking of the public good. The rest of us were just like, I hurt. I want to leave. Oh, that was just me. To I'm be fair, checking. well, actually, no, Sudi's lawful. I was going to say, to be fair, Unhocked is lawful neutral. So, and his job oh, he before and I are this. lawful neutral buddies. Yeah, and his job before this was protecting people and being a civic servant. So, hmm. <laughs> he's, he's kind of interested in doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Citra's thought process was this is the middle of freaking nowhere. I doubt anyone will find this. <laughs> hey, there's at least one other person that found this because they died and left a rod for you. Uh, yeah, there there's were tons and tons of bones there. Plenty of people have found it over the ages. Anywho, it's, it's dealt with ish. <laughs> yep. You then continued on and uh, had made your way much further getting ready to set up camp before you had crested a rise and found, found the sadness, the dead yeah. body. Of a desert giant. Now you're going to tell us who this frick it is. So it better as we not be begin, Hassan. As we begin, our five heroes, seven heroes, counting Sugar and Narmer. And our friend Anhocht. He's the he's the fifth. 
Oh, I can't count. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers are for fools. Stand. Good thing there's no math or counting in this game. Yep. Stand here. The wind blows across the desert. Our heroes stand array atop their camels. One ghostly, the other's not. Mine's a horse. Your horse, ghost horse. The the wind whips by. The scene is already awash in red and orange as the sun sets over the far horizon. The sky darkening behind all of you as you stand silhouetted against the night sky. As you look down into this valley between two dunes, into the darkness there with the barely discernible shape of a splayed giant figure. Masika is going to jump off her camel and start running down there. I will definitely follow also. I'll ride my horsey down there. Hollis yeah. is still bruised. Masika, you, your feet hit the sand. You half run, half slide down the windward side of this sand dune before reaching the bottom. The figure where it's standing would be nearly 13 feet in height. Tall, lean, slender, but muscular. The form has been laid out almost respectfully with hands crossed across chest and scimitars laid bare on either side. The slender feminine figure of Philema, whom you had met just a few days prior. This is far for them. Was this even the direction they were headed when we when they went on their way after we met? They were headed west, but they were headed southwest. Yeah, this is a strange way for them to have suddenly changed course. Well, what would have caused them to change course? I mean, their people are nomadic, just like mine. It could have been a number of things. Hashin said he was going to meet up with his father and the rest of their tribe. Maybe the father wanted to go this way for some reason? I don't want to be disrespectful, but we'd probably want to see what fell her. Mm. There could be a threat near here. It's the desert. There are threats everywhere. Yeah, but we know some particularly nasty ones we're seeking out personally. True. And Hike kneels next to the body, says a quick prayer to Anubis. Someone laid her out in respectful repose. So someone else was here with her. Probably her family. But there's no sign of anything else that here that they would have fought. They would have fought. They may have carried away. Any of those of you wish may make me a knowledge local. I will do. I get an eight for an eighteen. Roll a ten for twenty-four. Citra, you know some about giants. You've learned some pertaining towards giants. This is a sign of respect, but this is not a burial ritual. They wouldn't have left her like this. They would have buried her for a desert mummification, or the sands would have absorbed all the moisture itself. They would have only done this if they were intending to probably return. This isn't a typical burial. They would have set her up to be mummified. I wonder if they're planning on coming back. Why would they have left her? If they had to leave in a hurry, chasing after something, maybe. That or tracking something or something happened that they had to leave before they could finish the rituals. Uh, Hollis knows nothing, but I would like to look and see what killed her, if possible. Unhook nods, looks off, kind of in the distance, the, the direction that her head is facing. Perhaps they would have left her for vengeance. What? To avenge her death. What if oh, what okay, her I flood? thought you meant like... She'll come back as an undead and she will finish this fight. Like, I was very concerned. Oh, no, I would certainly hope not. Right. That made no, that made no sense to me, but... 
Also, I don't want to fight a 13-foot-tall zombie. Well, can uh, we okay. see any tracks leading away from this area or signs of a struggle or anything like that? Uh, it would be a survival check to look for tracks. It'll be a hill check to inspect the body. I will inspect badly. A 13 for a 13. I roll a 13 for a 27 survival. I roll a 5 for an 8. Uh, Masika rolls a 12 for a 31 survival. Hollis, looking over this body, you you see some some cuts. They look superficial. You see some marks on the body where the, again, there's this, this cauldron of vultures and buzzards circling. You think a few of them have been brave enough to come down here and nip and begin to bite, making this less of a, a mummification and more of a sky burial at this point. No, uh, the only thing that you can really tell looking at this body is this body is fresh. She couldn't have been dead more than two days, maybe three at most. Masika, Citra, looking about, you both find two things. Actually, I'll say each of you find one of these. Masika, there's a faint footprint left in the leeward side of one of the sand dunes. That of an individual, titanic in size. It seems to be leaving this site. There's at least one other desert giant here that left after the conflict. Citra, you find two areas of sand. You kind of have to dig a little bit where the sand is marked as discolored. Some of it's blood, but some of these are scorches, as if of a localized detonation. Small and almost snaking. Mm. Oh. As you reach down and dig through this, you find a half burnt golden funerary mask. Mm. Ah, finally a funerary mask. Well, I figure Citra slowly brushes it off and holds it up. Well, I think we know what happened. <sighs> We're going well, in the right direction, I guess. We know what. Oh, oh looks curiously. <laughs> There's cultists. They explode when they get close to death or die. They wear masks mm. like that. They're a cult of a pharaoh that was removed from history. Uh, they mm-hmm. rediscovered part of the history, but they mark themselves in such a way that they explode when they die. They're there who we're hunting down. Narmer raises the up one a that f- killed our friend. Narmer does what now? Narmer raises up a flipper and kind of waves and is like, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Don't well, tell him anything more, shooty. Don't get angry. <laughs> <laughs> My lord. Uh, they're... There was at least one other giant here. They went that way. Masika points in the direction that I think we're traveling to. So, you know. Almost straight north, a little bit north and west. If you wanted to hazard a guess on who that giant is, we could possibly send him a message. Well, I mean, you could on account of I've seen you do that before, Masika. I could. I imagine it's a sin, right? That's a shockingly good idea. Thanks. Says Narmer, although it's somewhat me, because man, that's actually very clever. (laughs) 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 Jessica's like, I spend all day trying to figure out ways to use my magic. (laughs) I use magic to solve that. No, no, no. (laughs) Jessica spends all day trying to figure out how to shock and or surprise. I guess that really means the same thing, but different connotations. Rick. (laughs) As a player, I just want Rick to go, huh? (laughs) <laughs> Clever girl Yes, I wish to be the raptors <laughs> I'll have to do it in the morning I don't have ascending Memorized right now Well, we'll need to make camp here And I'll need to pray I'll be 
I'll be able to pray for a spell that should be able to narrow down where we're going. Uh, also, I'm not sure what killed her. Magic, maybe. She has some superficial cuts. If we leave her here exposed, I mean, the vultures are going to eat her. So if there's some sort of burial thing that they that they giants do, that those giants do, uh, maybe we cover her in some sand and put like a little sign that says, hey, we just buried her for safekeeping. I don't know. I was going to suggest covering her, but I didn't know if we should do it with sand or if we should just put some cloth over her or what? Well, I don't think those buzzards care about a layer of cloth. Yes, I think sand true. is going to be the best option. I'll help. I'll use mage hand. <laughs> One tiny scoop of sand at a time. I was going to say, good gracious. I'm weak. My mage hand is probably just as good as I am. And I have to cook dinner. You can live more than five pounds. I'm cooking dinner. Also, for Hollis, that would be the, the, the most religious thing that she could do to honor her is cover her using yeah. magic. <laughs> I guess that's true. Thank you. I mean, unfortunately, Hollis doesn't have, like, move earth, so she could just be like, uh, and then close it back. She's that not pretty useful, spender. but no. Yep. Not yet. Not with that attitude. Are you dipping a level of kineticist? No. <laughs> I don't have any constitution. That would be bad. It's true. I'll make some calamari for all of us so that we can uh, feast on the flesh of our enemy, I guess, or something. I, it's very barbaric. I don't really know. She That's pulls out gross. a pot. Yeah, it's just like eating squid. She looks at Anhok, who corrected her uh, classification of animals earlier. He's got knowledge nature. He knows things. Sweetie <laughs> just looks with trepidation at the tentacle before goes about beginning to bury the giant. <laughs> Let me see how good I cook this tentacle. I cook this tentacle for 25, so it's pretty good. You spend some time bury the body of Philema. I imagine Masika staring off in the distance that the other giants went. Once the burial is complete, Anhok nods, places a hand atop the mound, retrieves his holy symbol. May you find beer and bread in the next life. That was a nice sentiment. This brings back memories I did not wish to have brought back. I think that's just how life goes. She died in honor, defending her people and her land. Anubis will judge her fairly. I believe we're close. We should be able to find this valley tomorrow. If these cultists of yours are capable of taking down a warrior of this size and stature. Yeah, they're pretty dangerous. I would prepare every weapon that you have. All of you, I imagine, settle down for the evening. Probably a little bit more of a somber note, despite the delicious calamari. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> chewy, <laughs> chewy chicken. I also feed chewy some chicken. to sugar because it's not chicken. Mmm, delicious. I imagine all of you set up watches. Yep. Yep, yep. Sudi does most of the watching. With your budding armor. Yep. I mean, Anhart will take a, a rotation as well. He's got a, you're in the desert, a 14 perception. So it's not bad. Nah, that's respectable. 16 if it's unusual stonework. A lot of you settle in. I imagine rest with kind of one eye open. The vultures keep circling for a while. And uh, once or twice, Narmer flies off to spit acid in their general direction and drive them away. Protect the dead. You wake the next morning after a windy evening. All of your tents buried in about a foot of sand at that point. So you just kind of dig your way out and shake out the sand. I mean, again, you have sand in literally everything at this point. Shoes, bags. Unfortunately, in your trail rations a little bit as well. Press it agitation. Adds, <laughs> adds texture. <laughs> adds texture. Mm. Collect yourselves the next morning. The mound that you'd buried is buried even deeper at this point. So you think that she should be protected some. And again, the endless sea of sand dunes shifted slightly 
it's that disconcerting sensation that every time you wake up, the world is just slightly off as if everything has somehow moved over six inches. Well, we need to make sure that we mark the burial mound. I don't know what you guys have to mark it with. Hollis will stick her quarterstaff just in the ground. I was going to say that. I don't that even know the last time I used that thing. Or something. <laughs> if Hollis is pulling a quarterstaff, we're in big trouble, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, you can, you can attach that on there. Pack up all of your gear and get ready to head up. Before you do so, Unhocked takes out his holy symbol, kneels in the sand, is praying. For any of those of you who have spellcraft, you could technically roll it. Okay. Uh, I roll a 16 for a 34. Roll a 9 for a 12. <laughs> uh, 12, you don't know. With a 34, Hollis, despite the fact that this is divine magic and you're not particularly familiar with divine magic, you would recognize that he is casting a, uh, a spell. It actually only takes him one minute, but he prays for about 10 minutes to do it. Called Lay of the Land. It's a ranger spell. I think druids also get it. Uh, where, in essence, you learn about the geography of your surrounding with a, within a radius of one mile per two caster levels, providing you instant familiarity, which grants you an insight bonus equal to your caster level on knowledge, geography, and survival checks to avoid getting lost so long as you remain in the affected area. Cool. But after he finishes this prayer, he climbs to the top of one of the nearby sand dunes, looks out. There's a rocky area. That was near where we were camped. Once we get closer, I should have a better idea of where we're going. Masika will cast her spell that makes the camels zoom zoom. And then she will also cast a sending spell. Uh, Hassan, it's Masika. We found Falima. Are you tracking the cultists? We are heading in the same direction north to the tomb. Wait for us. After a moment, Masika, you get the response. It was the cultists who killed her. We went after them. Ervos and I. We found them. Ervos is dead. Hmm. Don't come after me. Okay, so we gotta book it. Hassan and Ervos went after the cultists and and, and, and Ervin is dead and Hassan said not to come after him, which, you know, of course, we're gonna go after him. So we need to hurry. Agreed. We need to move on before the body count grows any higher. They have to be stopped. I suppose then you all collect yourselves... Mount your camels. Make your way. I'm tired of these stupid cultists killing my friends and my family and everyone else. Yeah. I think the sentiment is mutual. We'll put a stop to them. Yes, we will. And we'll get revenge for Flema and Ervosh and your dad. I don't think they had anything to do with my dad, but my dad too. (laughs) Hey, why not? (laughs) Maybe inadvertently. Yeah, all, all the other people. <laughs> all evil in this world is caused by this cult. Yes. And for that rock and shit your shoe. What? Yeah. What rock? And also the actual rock. Yeah. Oh, the actual rock, that guy too. <laughs> and baby bee queen. We'll avenge them all. Well, well, hopefully we get hopefully baby she's Man, we get a lot of people to avenge <laughs> on the way here. Also, hopefully our Sphinx friend that I've never met, but I'm looking forward to. I mean, and oh, Masika yeah. doesn't really know this, and on Eurus, you know, <laughs> I said on Eurus. <laughs> and your Sphinx friend, and are they responsible for all the all the dead people in Wati? Um, yes, uh, actually, not really. Well, sort of. I okay. mean. And it's it's connected in a certain way, but not directly. And everyone who ever died in Watchy. <laughs> I love Narver <laughs> so much. 
I'll make a list while we're riding all the people we're going to avenge, and then we can tell them whenever we get there that that's why we're killing them. Uh, it, I, but if we job. read off the list, they'll just shoot us with something before we finish it. Well, Nama can read the list while we shoot them. Yeah, while you're okay. killing all of them, I'll read the list. So it's going to be like an Anigo Montoya thing? <laughs> <laughs> you killed all my friends. One, Prepare yes. to die. <laughs> I shall read a list, an itemized list. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sister Nahamra. You killed my friends. Prepare to die. <laughs> yep. You all set off. You make your way north. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party as you travel. I mean, I'll try. Ouch. Hey, 16. Rolled a nine for a 26. Uh, sorry, 22. Masika gets a, rolls a 15 for a 22. And Narma rolls a 10 for a 16. Citra rolls a 12 for a 25. Okay. Citra, you are the first to notice as you make your way further and further north that the vultures, the vultures that you dispersed the day before seem to have moved on. As you continue cresting rises, you occasionally see one of them circling ahead, landing somewhere in the distance. After the better part of about two hours' journey, you crest over a rise and see the violently splayed, not respectfully laid out form of a second desert giant, half buried in the sand, barely noticeable or recognizable beneath the uh, I believe they're at that point awake. I can't remember what the terminology for a group of feeding vultures is. I, I mean, think a w- a kettle wake when they're sounds flying. accurate considering... I think it is wake. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a kettle when they're flying and awake when they've landed. So the wake of vultures that cover this giant's body. Well, we're going in the right direction. Narmer hops forward and like shovels sand in the direction of the vultures to disperse them. Are we, are we going to bury him too? I think if all of us work together, we can probably do it very quickly and then move on. I mean, the desert's halfway done it already. Exactly. We quickly bury him. Yes. Uh, Anyone that wishes to may make a hill check while doing so. Sure. I got a 15. Ah, I roll a 3 for a 6. Mystica rolls a 15 for a 30. Good. Somebody Wait, with I think I had a plus 15 to heal, but didn't bother looking at the other one. <laughs> I, did my survival. Heal. I did my survival check instead because my survival is higher. Yeah, but my survival is only a heal. couple below yours. <laughs> You're the only one with heal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm pretty sure no one else can manage a 30. No. No. Uh, no. Unless there's a D30 I don't know about. <laughs> the mythic D30. Masika, you noticed two things looking over this body. First off, with your extensive experience in the hill skill, and I guess you've dealt with this once before, this giant was struck by lightning. Ooh. Well, Masika recognizes that. She uses a lot of lightning herself. Mm-hmm. Strangely, though, there's something odd about this. It's not electrical burn so much as almost a strange combination of an electrical and, and fire. Oh, like, a streaking like an aurora of- borealis in the sky? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hey. Like a shrieking bolt of flame that rained from the heavens and struck okay, someone. Okay, so, so this is weird. Um, he was definitely hit by lightning, like magical lightning that came straight down from the sky. But it's more like a fire burn, not an electrical burn. She keeps, she keeps shoveling like sand. Yes, unfortunately, we've seen this before. That's the cult leader dude that killed your friend, right? He's able yes. to summon essentially an aurora borealis, but instead of lightning, it it rains fire down at his will. And since there's no indoors here, that will be something to look out for. Well, we'll if he's inside him. the tomb, he'll be indoors. 
That would be a foolish move for him to face us there. Well, he may not get a choice. Last time he went flying into the sky and had greater mobility than we did. They don't really know that we're coming. So if they're looking for the same information in the tomb that we are, he's probably inside the tomb. That would be great. He wasn't in the tomb when this happened, though. There is a second thing that you notice as well, Masika. The fire and lightning and oddly frostburn that covers this giant. Jesus. Got hit with the cone of cold, too. Didn't kill him. But that's not what killed him in all this magic stuff. Instead, he seems to have been killed by two vicious cuts to his back. Mm, somebody from stabbed weapons him. approximately the size of maybe they look like almost great sword in size, although they would have been curved. Uh, oh, that's not Uh-oh. good. So he's able to to mentally dominate, which means he could turn us against one another. Which means that he probably turned Hassan on Ervos. Which is why Hassan is like, don't come get me, etc. Yeah. He feels guilty. As if we needed another reason to hate him. Well. Uh, Anhuk looks over the body. I'm, I'm resistant to magic, but I don't know how powerful dominating force this is. When I was younger, my, my brothers and I, we were forced to fight a small band of Lamia. They're also capable of mental domination. I don't know how long resistance would hold up. We saw him charm a... Uh, Medusa. A sphinx. Medusa, a sphinx. Must be fairly powerful. Our friends. Yes, our friends. So he's charmed many different types of creatures and people. So he seems very accomplished at it. It takes you about uh, the better part, about 30 minutes or so to bury this body. All right. And then, uh, yeah, we continue on. Once we're close, Hollis casts the invisibility and mage armor. Great plan. Okay. Uh, how close is close? Uh, when Anhocht uh, says, all right, we're almost there. Okay. <laughs> you make your way north. The, the taller sand dunes give way to smaller sand dunes, interspersed by juts of rock and gravel. As you navigate your way further, the ground becomes even more broken and uneven, and ahead of you, you can see another rocky badland, somewhat akin to the one that you passed through when you faced off against this, against the sand kraken. As you begin to approach closer to this, you see a worn, old monument, an obelisk that probably at one point stood the better part of maybe 15 feet in height, although the top three feet seems to have broken off, toppled down, and lays next to it. And the entirety of the obelisk leans at about a 15-degree angle. Whatever was once written on it has been worn down to barely recognizable, although scribed across its surface are these repeat carved images. As you approach closer and look these over, for anyone who has knowledge religion, you may roll it. I roll a 14 for a 29. Roll a 6 for an 11. Perfect 20 for a 31. That's right, Citra doesn't have religion. Nope. I only know about Osiris and that's it. So unless this is Osiris, I don't know crap. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone but Citra, this is the head of a creature carved in profile. All of you can recognize this as being that of a Shaw, commonly referred to as a set beast. The head and profile of this being the holy symbol of the dark god Set. Hmm, temple to Set? Well, I mean, this might be there place. were temples of Set. 
Didn't you guys say something about how Hakatep and his brother had to go hang out with Zedites for a while? Mm-hmm. Yes, something about what? He, they owed the Pharaoh six years. We assumed that that meant that they had to go stay at, with the set mm. temple for six years. So maybe Hakatep followed Set? Though we are looking mm. for Chisisek's tomb, and that's strange, but I think we're going in the right direction. Well, this looks like graffiti. I don't recognize this. I recognize the obelisk. It was here. It was worn down, but 2,500 years ago, these symbols weren't carved on it. Oh, well, there you go. So it might be the cultists who did this. Perhaps. Though I didn't think they followed Set. thought they just followed the Pharaoh. If Hakatep followed Set, then maybe they also follow Set? Maybe. Well, just a thought. If a living pharaoh is the living embodiment of Horus, maybe a dead pharaoh is a living embodiment of Set. That's an interesting way to look at it. I don't like that. So, now which way? We were here. My brothers and I. Just a few... Just... Just before the Sphinx came to us. We'd taken up shelter in the shadow of the rocks here. He makes his way a little bit further, no more than about another 30 or 40 yards, gesturing towards the rocks nearby. We'd set up camp there. Little has changed. She came to us. She flew out of the sky. He points in the distance where you can see the two rock faces and a rent in them. And then she led us that way. All right. Go ahead and cast my spells. We're almost there. Hey, he said it. <laughs> so the action goes off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose you're casting a sea invisibility and mage armor. Uh, mage, mage armor. Okay. And resist energy. I could cast that on one person. Is there any one person who wants to be resistant to like fire or something? Me. I mean, Sudi's been pretty much on the front. So okay. I'm a big. I mean, target, I am too, you know. but I think he could benefit from. Yeah. It. When Sudi's enlarged, he's a he draws a lot of fire. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we also we did determine it was fire damage that it was doing, not electricity, as far as game mechanics. Game mechanically speaking, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, if he says that we're close, you will have ninety minutes of fire resistance. What level? It'll be twenty points. Okay. Ready, set, go. You set off. You make your way navigating through the the rocks here, the buried sand that seems to have crept its way up here over the years. A few skittering sounds come from here and there as insects, scorpions skitter out of your path. Occasionally you'll see a snake or very small desert rats. Jackalopes. Jackalopes. <laughs> I think those are actually things in Pathfinder, to be honest. Oh, are they, they really? I think they might have stepped out the jackalope at some point. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just uh, think of the little Pixar movie. <laughs> the path is long and winding and unadorned. Eventually, you begin to approach a cleft in the rock face ahead, almost imperceptible. If Ankhot wasn't leading you, as you approach, it is basically imperceptible. It just looks to be a small hollow or shadow in the rock. But as you reach it and step to the side, you can see that, no, it's, it doesn't almost even seem naturally formed. It's cl- cleverly carved to obscure itself. If a person's coming from the direction that you are and not the other way. I guess we'll tie the camels here. It should be just on the other side of this. So, yep. You take a moment, tie up your camels, dismiss your horse if you want to, or just leave it out here. I'll just leave it. In case we need to make a hasty retreat. Yep. I was like, if we need to make a hasty retreat, I'm teleporting us to Tefu. 
gets it to arrested. Um, that's not. Let's go to Sothis next time. Of course, unfortunately, with that teleport, it means you have to leave someone behind. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Unhugged. We barely knew you. Aww. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> that's so mean. All of this thought is like, I'm only teleporting us if one of us dies. Yeah, there we go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the group of you then make your way down this passage. The passage isn't very wide. No more than about eight or nine feet for most of it. And as you begin to approach the end of it, it narrows. And as you duck through this, you step out into this secluded area, rock faces stretching up overhead. You find yourself down in the shadows now. The sun hasn't quite reached its zenith where it would truly cast light down into this area, this recess down into the earth. The cliffs stretch the better part of maybe some 200 feet up towards your left and right. Ahead of you, you can see a raised up section almost a plateau of earth here that stretches up to a height of some 120 feet, perhaps half the distance up to the top of the cliffs here and perched atop that is a miniaturized pyramid. Hmm. Two bridges span their way back and forth across Uh, this area. The bridges. One seems to go from the edge of that pyramid across into your left to the cliff face where you can see a walkway that circles around to the second bridge which spans across into your right seemingly to a second floor of what looks to be a mortuary temple built into the cliff face off towards your right hand side two stories high carved directly from the rock with four statues out front seemingly of what looks to be tall depicted in both his human and dwarven forms as he stares out into this open courtyard area. So when you walk in, you're immediately shown this pyramid ahead of you, the two bridges, and this temple arrayed perfectly, like this scenic view. Although the bridges themselves seem to have suffered damage and wear and tear is worn down on the mortuary temple. You have a moment to take in the narrow gorge here, crossed by these bridges before your eyes are drawn to a singular figure, the tall, powerful figure of Hassan. He stands in the center of this courtyard, scimitars in hand. Off to your right for a moment, you dart your eyes over and you can see two cloaked figures standing on the either side of the mortuary temple, men in red robes and golden masks. Hassan sadly shakes his head. I told you not to come. He begins to stride forward as he spins his scimitars, letting out a bellowed roar, and I will need initiative from the party. Ah, uh, it's gonna be one of those fights. Hey, Masika, do you have to spell magic? Uh, one. Okay, me too. Well, I was gonna say, if we can dispel the compulsion Maybe upon him. I might just knock him out instead. If he could fight with us, that'd be helpful. I mean, it would be helpful. Because I was saving one for Tadisura, but if we each have one, we can each cast it once. And if that doesn't work, I can try to turn him into a squirrel. What's fair? Yeah. <laughs> what? Baleful polymorph. <laughs> At least turn him into something that survives in the desert. Gracious. Scorpion. No, then we take him with us in our pack. <laughs> a turtle. Turn him into a turtle. <laughs> uh, here, let me cue up some combat music here. Sirenscape. Uh, for when your friends are charmed and trying to kill you. Dislike. If we get to vote on this, I dislike. Dislike. Hey, if he attacks me, he should get another will save because we're friends. Maybe. We're all kind of friends. We know him. We broke bread. 
I've known him a lot longer. Still, I'm trying to get him a will save no matter what. Hollis Starkweather. 20. It's not bad. Sudi Kantar. 12. Oh, Baba. Masika of the Buckin. I also get a 12, but I'm sure Sudi has a higher modifier than I do. I have a plus three. Yeah, Masika's is only a two. Okay. Very well. Then yeah. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 13 for a 19. Yeah, Citra's real fast. Uh, Hawked was cut off guard on this. Rolling a natural one for a five. Oh. Yeah, Hasen seemed to have been expecting you, though. Might have been that, oh, uh... yeah. <laughs> might have been that sending spell you received. Unfortunate. Yeah. Why didn't we see this coming? We should have known uh, this was Hollis, coming. you got a 20, right? Yes. I uh, will need you to roll off. Oh, man, I rolled a 19 on the die, so a 26. Okay, that's pretty good. About as good as I can do. <laughs> Combat begins. There is no surprise attack round. Hollis Starkweather. All right, Masika, you're going to have to use your spell magic on Tedasura, and then I cast a spell magic on um, <laughs> the giant. <laughs> We're going to have to hope that he hasn't charmed too many people. <laughs> right. I'm just thinking Tedasura and this guy. Those would I be mean, helpful. Yeah, allies. I was going to say, anybody else we know who's gone missing recently? Yes. My, but the uh, bee baby hopefully leader. won't matter. I was say charmed the bee baby, too. It's like, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so I had spell magic on him, so I need to make a caster check. So, yeah, it's just going to be a caster level. This is standard dispel magic, yes? Yes. All right. I rolled a 15 on the die. I get a 24 to dispel this. Ooh. With a 24, the giant begins to rush forward. As you gesture, he sort of stumble steps. His eyes somewhat hazy before they clear. He yeah. then begins to violently shake as if trying to slow his arm. What? Masika. What's happening? Tell them to run. <laughs> he begins to stride forward again. I will allow a spellcraft check from either Masika or Hollis. Yeah, what the heck? Uh, I roll a 17 for a 35. I mean, I roll a 15 for a 28, so, but Hollis is way better. Hollis, you have studied, despite the fact that I believe you yourself find enchantment distasteful. Yep. You have studied, however, enchantment. It appears that you have dispelled the charm monster on him. However, a common tactic used by many enchanters is to use a charm monster to make someone, in essence, allied to them allow them to not get a save against something that they would normally try to get a save against. Such as a suggestion spell to kill anyone who, say, came into this valley. Including Great. at that point, Masika. Hmm. Uh, he does appear to no longer be charmed, or probably even consider the other creatures here to be. In essence, he will probably still attempt to stop anyone else trying to stop him but you don't know the exact words of the suggestion that is affecting him. Hmm. Because the thing is, is that Charm Monster will not cause someone to do something against their nature. He would not attack Masika under a charm. He would attempt to stop her because he just goes, you're all my friends, I'm trying to stop you. The suggestion is what is going to make him directly attack the party. Hmm. Uh, however, this means that he is no longer allied with the cultists. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, we're getting into deep rules territory here. Rick's favorite territory is the deep rules. The deep so, rules. We're rolling deep. He hates the cultists, 
Suggestions influences the actions of a targeted creature by suggesting a course of activity limited to a sentence or two. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the activity sound reasonable. It sounded reasonable when he viewed the cultists as his allies because of the charm monster. Yeah, but now he knows that they killed his friends and made him probably kill his other friend and all the other horrible things that they've done. So is it yeah, reasonable anymore? it doesn't anymore? really sound reasonable anymore. <laughs> eh? Give him a roll. Give him a roll! Does Hollis wish to do anything with her move action? Does Hollis have anything to do with her move uh, Let me see what I can draw. <laughs> uh, Hollis is going to pull out a scroll. A okay. threefold sight. All right. After Hollis's turn, it goes to Hassan. Are you sure it's still reasonable to be attacking us? I mean, we are your allies, and these cultists did make you kill your friend and family? He stutter steps for a moment. No. No, I don't think it's reasonable. Yay! He looks back over his shoulder towards the cultist. I will say that, again, this is getting into the gray area that'll probably take him the six seconds to process through the... What exactly does this magic mean? So I will just... That's fine. He's not flat-footed. He has acted, but he is going to stand his ground there for the moment. That's totally fine. Masika <laughs> claps. <laughs> magic saves everyone's day. It also causes problems, too. Only when you use that nasty school. <laughs> <laughs> that nasty school you won't even name. I don't like it. The school which shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's it for him, and... Uh, and bravo for you. I'm, I'm glad we had to get into the minutia of the wording of hey. that spell, because that's always fun. So after picking apart the suggestion spell, we move on to Citra Nahamra. So is he on our side now or on their side? He should be on our side. Okay, good to know. And then she is going to... Whoever gonna... is killing the cultists. That would be oh, us! us. <laughs> Yay! That would be us. And so she's going to rush past him uh, and try to close in. Or at least get closer to the cultists. All right. Or, uh, ooh, or should I knock an arrow and shoot? Knock an arrow and shoot! I'm going to knock an arrow and shoot, and I'm going to send a wasp swarm, hopefully. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, okay, I'm going to have to ask you, and I will accept whatever answer you give me. I'm assuming you, peop- you all knew that you were coming in here and potentially facing the cult. Oh, well, yes. yeah. All right. What weapon would Citra have had out? She would have had her kukri out. She would have had probably only one just in case. You had to squeeze. You know, just because. Look how tight you know, that opening is. Through. Yeah, so she would have only had one. So I'm going to drop one of my kukris, Kay. draw my bow, and Kay. shoot. All right, you've got two cultists. Uh, one of them is. It's. I'm going to shoot the one that is uh, directly diagonal from me. Because uh, the other yeah. one's further past the bridge, so I don't think I have a good shot on him. Hey, uh, you well, can the, draw the your bow is... and move and be within sneak attack range. I don't know about being in sneak attack range, but you could move Within up while drawing feet. your Can I get in sneak attack? That's right? 30 feet forward. Are they within 30 feet? No. Uh, no, 30 feet would be about there. And it's still closer, though. I like being closer. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's at least less distance. Yeah, keep in mind that the Swag. bridges, the closest bridge is 40 feet up, and the other bridge is 120 feet up. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, the, the bridges are, they're not blocking your line of sight. You're just in an open courtyard okay. here. Well, I'm still going to shoot the one that's closer. Cool. Okay. Put a wasp swarm on him. Maybe. I didn't roll great. I rolled perfectly average. Uh, they're they're flat-footed. But perfectly average does give me a 24. A 24? Yeah, that'll definitely hit that cultist. Okay. <laughs> Yay, so according to my notes, swarm. and it should release my wasp swarm. 
if, you take, if you take the action to release the wasp swarm, yes. I definitely want to release the wasp swarm. I also rolled max damage. So that'll be eight points Ooh. of damage. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Gotta Six make up for that face. horrible fight from yesterday where I didn't do anything. <laughs> we also really hate cultists. And if they could explode far away from us, that'd be great. And it's just befitting that they, you know, screwed over the poor bee people, and now they're going to get stung. Bee people. Yeah. You mess Great. with the bees, you get the stinger. Your arrow shrieks across the distance, slams into him as he stumbles back. Would you like to take your immediate action? Swarm. Yes, I shall release the swarm. Bees. Well, it's actually a wasp swarm. Because they can, Because they can, they can sting more than once. True. Yellow jackets. Yeah, there we go. Yellow jackets. That way they look like they're cousins. Yellow jackets. They're like bees, but like swole. (laughs) (laughs) Like they hit the bee gym? Like they're yellow and black like bees, but they can stab repeatedly because swole is different in bee culture, obviously. It just means you can repeatedly sting. Yes. Druid facts. Is that gonna, a druid There's an fact? air quote around the druid facts, like a big old asterisk that says not actually there a druid fact in small letters. druid facts. I've covered him in bees. Yay! Nice. Um, <laughs> so this slams into him, this, uh... If someone can pick up my kukri, I'd be very appreciative. I'm gonna buy you some string. You need a weapon cord <laughs> badly. Buy you some string. <laughs> All right, so the wasp swarm appears immediately, and the implication from the magic item is that it damaged it damages immediately, like it's a summoned creature. I think so. Oh, cool! Nice. Stingy, stingy. I love magic items that are just a little weird. Hey, do you control this swarm, or are we also gonna have to fight a bee swarm? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> she does not control the swarm. It does not move from the square in which it is summoned. Oh, oh, okay, so just don't step over there and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, don't cool. step at the bees. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. But if you, like, did a whole person or something, or I think you guys mentioned at some point putting someone in a pit and then shooting them with an arrow and then making a pit full of wasps, like, all of that would work. That would yeah. be great. Uh, Apparently cool. it does 2d6 plus poison. Yes. How many more of those you got? So go ahead and bounce your 2d6, and he'll Once need to make day. a fortitude save against the poison. Oh, oh that's, like, the suckiest roll ever. Uh, three points. Oh, well, he actually only gets a 10 on his fortitude save. Hey, people. Hey. That, that, that actually fails, I think. Nice. DC 13. DC 13, yeah, it fails. <laughs> so he hey. is poisoned. All right, so uh, he takes... A one effect, one dexterity damage? Is that one it? dexterity oh. damage. Yeah, it says frequency... Uh, Once per round for four rounds. So uh, he'll need to make another save next round. It says effect one dexterity damage, cure one save. That's excellent. This guy's having a real bad day. <laughs> so, yeah, you shoot, it with, you shoot it with an arrow, and then wasps explode out from the arrow and cover him. <laughs> like, literally him. six seconds ago, he's like, oh man, this giant man's gonna tear him apart. Now he's like, bees! Wait, the giant's not not gonna well, tear. Oh, God. This, this is also the first time I've gotten to use this. So, oh. it's a special ability nobody has seen yet. I also really <laughs> like that he got hit with an arrow and might have gone, like, ow, that kind of hurt. And then it was like, oh, bees. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of uh, bees covering him and stabbing the crap out Excellent. of him. So from is he allergic? Does he go into anaphylactic shock? You know, that is a good question. Uh, with the only three points of damage he took, I'm going to say no. But he is having <laughs> some sort of bad reaction with the dexterity damage. Hey. He's going to break out in hives. Swollen. <laughs> I mean, he might explode before he breaks out in hives, but let's find out. Oh. From Citra, Sudikantar. Okay. Get him, boy. All right, I've got 80 feet of movement. Can I double move close-ish to them? 
be careful. I don't control the wasps. I don't want to go into the wasp swarm. I mainly just want to see if I can get close enough with a double move to the next move be able to strike. So, okay. yeah, you can close 80 feet closer to him. You're about 100 feet away from the closest one. Yeah, and no, that closest fine. one's also covered in bees, so you're probably just like, yeah, oh, that's, no, not I was kind of going to skip that one and just run past him. Here <laughs> <laughs> nope. the bees will take care of that one. Go flying kick at the next guy. Yep. Oh. So, yeah, Sudi goes taking off across the uh, field, sand kicking up beneath his feet as he goes charging off in a straight line. From Sudi, we cut over to Masika. Hmm. Their boss is going to be around here somewhere. Yeah, I don't want to use too many of my big boomy spells this early in the day. Mm. How far away is that cultist from me with the bees? 80 feet. Okay, cool. I'm going to cast Hold Person on him. Ah, <laughs> that's a good joy. That's, that's mean. <laughs> that, that Technically, yeah. So uh, you chant in tone, extend a hand. He doesn't do too bad with an 18. That's a fails. Ah. That's good enough. <laughs> Enjoy oh, now your he's just paralyzed. Like covered in bees. Dude, that's <laughs> cruel. Who man. are the real monsters here? <laughs> are you we know the what? Bad? They deserved no, it. We so saw bad. what they did. <laughs> they made the giant kill his friend. We're going on. Yeah, we're going like them. full like Punisher mode here. One of these could be the one that killed Onuris. <sighs> oh, that's true. Yeah, is it? Is it? How would we know? They all we'll have, have to look at his journal masks. when we kill him. Rick knows which one did it. I know exactly which one here killed on yours. Well, we're going to kill all of them. So we'll have to ask in the after party which, how we killed the one and that killed on yours. Masika is going to move 30 feet towards the cultists. Giving a high five to Hasim on the way. <laughs> yeah, don't follow me, blah, blah, blah. She smiles up <laughs> at him. <laughs> I was trying to protect you, little fish. <laughs> uh, Narmer's going to grab uh, Citra's dropped kukri and do a airmail over there to her. Can <laughs> <laughs> even well, I guess the kukri's not that heavy. No, it's not that heavy. No, it's, it's like a pound, maybe. Uh, yeah, so you can hop over there, uh, pick up the kukri, and then he'll be able to fly it over next turn. Yeah. Hilarious. I just picture him picking it up and swinging it around, like yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm the hero now. <laughs> <laughs> look at he's me. Look at me. List. I'm the captain now. Uh, <laughs> from Masika, we go to the cultists. The first cultist chants and tones, gestures with one hand, casts a spell on himself. Probably true strike. Oh, what did he do? Can I know? You can make a spell. It's card. probably true strike. I roll a three for a twenty-two. I roll a twenty-one for a sixteen. <laughs> wow, three club. I roll a four for a seven. <laughs> we don't even care that much. We're just like, whatever. Hey, Citra so. <laughs> is desperately trying to learn. She's just, magic is new. It's not her forte. <laughs> mm. uh, he cast shield on himself. Oh, okay, fine. Ah, don't magic miss. Oh, nobody. It doesn't matter for anybody else. Never mind. <laughs> Actually, I do have two scrolls of magic missile. It's, oh, yeah. don't use your scrolls, Citra. Not that you were gonna, because you have weapons out. <laughs> He'll move over. Like tentative, he basically he makes his he casts the spell. He makes his way forward next to his compatriot, kind of starts tentatively reaching a hand in the air, like he's gonna grab him and try to pull him out of the bees. Uh, oh, they care about each other. That's, that's so weird. that's so funny. They're gonna be dead so soon. I mean, they're evil cultists. That doesn't make them heartless. 
Yeah, the really cultist gets a the 15 on his will save, but I think he's still oh, paralyzed. No. I really uh, hope that the one covered in bees is the one that killed on yours. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> That'll bring us to Unhawked. Uh, he will grab his holy symbol, cast Longstrider on himself. Nice. Great move. Because forget that 20-foot dwarven movement speed. <laughs> Four rounds later, he might get up there. Uh, and then moves up behind Citra as he begins to make his way forward, drawing out both his uh, kukri. Uh, well, he actually already had his kopesh out, but he'll draw his kukri as he moves forward. Cool. He was also pulling the I might need to pull a short bow kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, he's good at humans. These are humans. It's true. These are we humans. We assume. These are humans. Yeah. I'm curious that if there are any inside of. the temple, though, that are going to come out here. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm like. Where's boss man? Well, this felt like a trap, so... Yeah, where's As that Unhot Sphinx? rushes forward, we go to Hollis. Hmm. What would Hollis do? Bear in mind, any area effects will also damage the swarm. Yeah, that's true. Got anything that just targets one of them? Hit him with that scorching ray. Magic missile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although the one so in the swarm a- hasn't had time to cast a shield spell, so there's that at least. Here's a question about the bees. Uh, do the bees, like if I cast a pit spell and they both fell in a pit, would the bees stay with them in the same square, just lower? No. No, They're they'd flying, be floating so above no. the pit. Okay, well, that's not helpful then. They are flying creatures. Yeah, I'll, I'll magic missile uh, bee boy. Now, granted, if you drop the guy <laughs> in the pit, though, explode. he's paralyzed, so friend. he can't get yeah, out. Burn his friend. That'd be amazing. Okay, bee boy. Sure. All right, so you chant in tone, gesture with a hand, quintet of magical purple shards burst from your fingertips, one from each finger, and streaks across the distance before slicing into your foe. 16 points of damage. Ow. And then Hollis is going to move forward a, good day. a little bit. She'll move forward like 20 feet-ish. Yeah. Is that good? All right. That's so good. Hollis makes her way forward as she goes rushing up from Hollis. We go to Hassan. He turns. You have made a grievous mistake and begins to stride his way up towards the closest cultist. Oh, thank God. Woo. <laughs> yeah, and my warrior like, he's going to cut me down. <laughs> I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> Not again. Sweet. Go ahead and use his 10 foot reach as he moves forward. We're just uh, collecting spins friends. Spins his scimitars. Just collecting tons of friends. There's, yeah, there's, there's a disproportionate number of allies on this field than usual. <laughs> Excellent. We brought a small army to take him down. You know what's he has better than enchantment? Swings. Friendship. <laughs> Friendship is the real magic, y'all. Yep, enchantment doesn't last. Oh, God, they may have made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize Did that he wasn't proved critical for that shimitar, so... <laughs> oh! And you know, that, that is the greatest thing down, ever. Man. I had a character with that, and it was awesome. So that 15 is a threat. <laughs> And successfully yeah, hits with a 31. You go in our friend. Yeah, right. Good gracious. Uh, he rolls Best a 13 to confirm ever. with a 29, which will be a confirmed critical hit. He's oh, going to just oh, chop it in half a la Witcher style. Mess these cultists <laughs> up, my friend. Yeah. Getting revenge for his two fallen compatriots. For 24 points of damage, as the giant slams this cultist into the ground. Oh my god. Wow. Uh, he spins his other scimitar as he continues ah. to move his way forward. Uh, but he had to move, so he can't do both attacks. Sad. Four. He dual wields scimitars, by the way. That is true. He does dual wield his scimitars. And uh, 
the neat thing about them is they uh, they count offhand. Uh, what is it? All desert giants are proficient with scimitars and wield them as if they were light weapons. <laughs> they also add full strength bonus to attacks made with the scimitar wielded oh. in this offhand. Mm. I'm oh, so happy that's our friend. Yeah, because that would have hurt if it, we'd been on the other end of it. God, his, his bonus is ridiculous. Uh, from He's going to come with us inside, right? These are high ceilings <laughs> like the Egyptians <laughs> like to do. I mean, the doorway's big. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, most most chambers in uh, Assyrian design are usually like 15 feet high. But Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't. Excellent. I wouldn't give them good bets on being able to navigate those five foot wide bridges. But hey, <laughs> or the ability for these damaged bridges to. Ex- How much do you weigh? Two thousand pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. All of that being said, however, he does make his way forward and slices into this guy, taking us from Hassan to Citra Nahamra. Well, Citra's going to continue closing in. Um, can I double move to get around the uh, opposite side of the waspy? Covered guy. Yeah, you'd be able to double move around if you wanted okay. to. I'm, I'm going to carefully be avoiding my wasps because I know that mm. even though I summoned them, they do not answer to me. <laughs> Wasp answer there. to no one. And then I'm going to prepare to strike, but I can't yet. Okay, so you're dropping your bow as you move and pulling your kukri? Yeah. All right. So well, I, I already, yeah. All right, so you move your way forward. Narmer's just going to pick up all your weapons. Yeah. <laughs> He's just gonna. Hey, Shitra, you drop fish. <laughs> He's a valet. I just didn't want to get in between the giant and the other guy. So it's like, I'll just come around this side. So if he comes unparalyzed, I can stab him. He's also flanked. Or he can be flanked this way. Yeah. Uh, Citra, go ahead and roll your 2d6 because he ends his turn inside of the bee swarm. I can roll these better this time. Oh, that's much better. That's nine points of damage. Oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even say ow. He nope. can't even scream. He's just crying. <laughs> His uh, eyes are a... watering. No, he does better on that fortitude save, though, this time. This is a 21. Okay, yeah. Oh, he doesn't take another dexterity. Oh, okay, no. and that's going to stop yeah. the poison. Um, okay. Although, yep. if he gets stung again, it'll be all over again. <laughs> so, uh, so, from Citra, we go to Sudi. All right, if I did my math right, I can circle all the way around to be diagonal with the cultist who just got messed up by Hassan. Cutting off his escape. I mean, you have 40 feet of movement. It would be 40 feet if you wanted to dart around the back, kind of leap off, kick off of the wall in the front of the mortuary temple, flip over Citra before rolling into a flanked position against the other cultists that Hassan just hit. Eat your heart out, Prince of Persia. Sudi punches. <laughs> Sudi of Persia. Uh, Persia. Sudi's going to stunning fist. Let's, let's stunning fist this guy. Let's, oh, let's just immobilize both of them and just... <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Okay, we'll, oh. we'll resolve that first. So yeah, he, he may not survive is probably what it, what he's getting at. But uh, okay, I rolled an eighteen on the dice for a thirty. <laughs> nice, Sudi mad. A thirty will strike your target. Hey, thirty-two actually because he's flanked. Oh, I rolled low uh, for five points of damage, and I need him to make me a fortitude save, DC fourteen. Fortitude is something he's good at. Oh, unfortunately for you, he rolls a perfect 20. Ah, uh, you know what? It was worth a shot, and I remembered a class ability, so hey. everybody praised me for that. At <laughs> least sure. it's on a save and not an attack. Yes. So, Sudi, you kick off the wall, you flip by, you spin, slamming your fist into this guy. He recoils back from the hit, still standing. No okay. big surprise there, I imagine. He's not going to blow up, is he? 
He can choose to. I know, which is what I don't want to happen. Sudi has fire resistance. I have fire resistance. It's fine. As I don't. <laughs> You're far away. As you land here, glancing back over your shoulder into the open archway that leads into the mortuary temple, you see two figures approaching. Uh-oh. Oh, good. More. Both but of wait, these there's more. are slender and feminine, wearing golden face masks with long black hair falling about the edges of the mask, wearing what appears to be some sort of simple shift and wrapping them from the waist up. From the waist down being the sleek figure forms, mm. the sleek forms of lionesses. Ah, they're Lamia. More Lamia. More mental domination problems. I'm glad I have many spells left. Crud. Uh, Sudi can't identify them, so he's just gonna be like, there's people with lion bodies! Like, <laughs> like, like you? No, like four legs! Like sphinxes? sphinxes? Except not? <laughs> I figure Citra well, peeks makes in. Sense. No, uh, definitely not the Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> From Sudi, we go to Masika. All right, well, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'll have to double move to kind of get to where I can see into the t- temple to see these lion people who aren't lion people or something. Actually, Let's if you go say. 30 feet over, you might be able to see them. 30... Uh, rushing about 30 feet over, you can see one of them. Yeah, what is it to identify between legs. Uh, you can make a double check, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, knowledge nature. Roll a 15 for a 34. Nice. This is a Lamia. Oh, those are Lamia. Uh, the hate-filled inheritors of an ancient curse, Lamia, appear as lean and attractive women from the waist up, while below they possess the bodies of powerful lions. Even their humanoid features bear distinctly feline traits, and their, their eyes slitted and feral, their teeth like predatory fangs. Typical Lamia stands over six feet tall, measures more than eight feet long, weighs about 650 pounds. They are attracted to ruin and forsaken parts of the world, crumbling keeps and abandoned cities, forgotten monuments to satisfy these deadly hunters' cruel aesthetic, particularly those in the arid or otherwise lifeless environs. Foremost, though, Lamia's favored decrep- decrepit temples. Kavex got everybody fooled slash charmed. Hmm. Uh, you may ask two questions pertaining towards Lamia. Special attacks. Special attacks. Lamia have spellic abilities. Knowing what their spellic abilities are is a separate question. Lamias also possess wisdom drain. That's bad for me. Lamia drains uh, wisdom each time that it uses a touch attack. Lamias can try to use this ability uh, early in encounter and make foes more susceptible to charm monster and suggestion effects. Nice. Okay. Special, I guess, what are its spell-like abilities? Uh, they can, at will, disguise self and use ventriloquism. Okay. Thrice per day can charm monster, use major image, mirror image, and suggestion. And once uh-huh. per day, deep slumber. Nice. All right, uh, I only moved 30 feet, right? Yes. All right, I'm going to cast Call Lightning and blast the Lamia that I can see. Is Call Lightning one of those full round and then you blast them next time type of deals? It is a one round casting. Yep. So you can start casting it this turn, and you would need to use your standard action next turn to finish casting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But immediately upon the completion, I get the first bolt, so I'll still get one off next turn. Sweet. Narmer's going to double move, because I don't think he can make it in 50 feet, but he's going to start flying over to Citra with her kookery. Well, I picked it up last round. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, so Narmer takes the Kukri, flies through the air, flies up towards Citra before dropping it down into the super release it as a free action. Hey, drop dish. <laughs> I'm gonna get your bow. Thank you, Narmer. <laughs> yep, I'm helping. Y- yes, you are. <laughs> Oh man, Shakshibiaga. He turns around and begins flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, we go to the cultist. Uh, the cultist that was just hit by Sudi will take a five foot slide back, uh, spin towards Sudi, and lash out with his falchion. Okay. I'm thinking a 30 will hit. Definitely. Very well. That was a 19, meaning that that is a. Critical threat. These guys again. On the fence on this one. 23 to confirm. Nope. Oh, thank goodness. There you go. Thank goodness I didn't get big because that would have hit critical me. Mm. (laughs) In small paid off. Uh, He still spins, taking a two-handed grip and chopping this falchion under your guard straight into your side for 15 points of damage as it impacts into your side. Think I've got DR guys. <laughs> One whole point. It's only fourteen. There you go. Only fourteen. That's not too bad. Still hurts a lot. Yeah. He slams his blade into you. As he does so, you glance back over your shoulder at the last second to see a second cultist rushing out of the darkness. Oh, great. These guys. As They've he charges surrounded forward. me. Sudi, get out of there. I'd say that Masika's probably too far off there. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from Sudi and Citra. Uh, okay, so I roll an 18 for a 31. Roll a 14 for a 27. <laughs> as the two of you look, look over, this one charges out, spins his falchion as he closes. And he looks again much like the others, except for there's obvious damage to his mask. What He's seems to be these fight. cracks along the side of it. Notably, the burst from a frigid cold blast. This guy! It's the guy! And now I get a second chance. To die. (laughs) (laughs) He hefts his falchion as he closes on Sudi. They gave him a keen falchion after, no. Uh, (laughs) Rude! (laughs) Oh, but he is flanking. We are looking at a 26. That'll hit. Uh, it's not a threat, though. Thank goodness. I don't like it. I forget these guys critical like nobody's business. Uh, still slices in for 11 points of damage as the blade slams across your back. All right. I'm down a third of my hit points. That's a problem. Well, <laughs> I half didn't my hit point, or quarter of my hit points. Sorry. That's a lot. The cultist, this murderer, slides back, spinning his falchion. As he slices in, Sudi probably distracted by this. I'm going to, since they're not even stealthing, say that the rest of you notice, and then Sudi a moment later, that on that upper landing above you in the shadow of the pyramid, you see another four cultists emerge out onto the landing as they rush their way forward. It's a good thing Hassan's on our side. Do they have ranged weapons? From what you can see from here, they seem to be carrying crossbows. These guys. Okay. As Hollis and Sudi are well aware, they're rather skilled with those crossbows. <laughs> yep. Yeah. At least you're not on a chariot this time. Boy, howdy. It's uh, suddenly we got a lot more targets. I thought we were going to just mop these guys up and go inside, but no. no I keep having amazing plans and they keep changing. I hate it. Know, you're going to have to fire all those crossbow guys. Uh, I don't know. I have another plan also. So, as these cultists emerge. Where's their boss? I really need Falto and the rest of the B team to come out of nowhere. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're sitting we're there. It's like I understand we're literally two people up from what we normally are, but I still feel grossly outnumbered. Yeah, I yep. mean Falto and you know Kelru and I can't remember Kelru's boyfriend's name. All of them just need to appear. That would be great. Unghut uh, <laughs> is powerful dwarven legs carrying him forward with supernatural speed, considering he cast long strider, uh, closes the 60 feet distance forward as he spins both of his weapons, getting next to Sudi, next to the cultist here. Although he sadly won't be able to attack this round. A lot of just trying to get into position in this fight. Yep. Hollis Starkweather. Can I move 35 feet and be able to be within 100 feet of the cultist with crossbows? I'm going to say definitely not because they're 160 feet up. That's true, yeah. Okay. Plan two. One second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we do have numerous cultists on the ground here we could start taking shots at. I would like to move forward 35 feet so that I can see into where the Lamia are. Blow up the Lamia. Yeah, you can clearly see one. You can partially see the other. Can I see 20 feet into that building? Yeah, they're 30 feet back. I have fire resistance if it matters. It doesn't. I want to cast web. Creating a 20-foot web starting 20 feet away from Sudi and Citra so I don't hit them in it. Web? I want to grapple them all so they're stuck. That's not going to stop the Lumia from charming me, but okay. Yeah, it makes it harder <laughs> for them to cast spells. That's true. <laughs> if they don't just make their saves. Yeah. All right, so you rush forward. You are going to cast your web. So that's, uh, yep, that's within your almost 200-foot range for that. It's 20-foot radius spread, so they yep. will get reflex saves. They do, and anybody else in there gets reflex saves. Uh, the save DC is an 18, because it's only a second level spell. The first Lamia gets a 19, the second Lamia gets a 21. Ah, they both save. What about the cultists and stuff? Uh, well, no more cultists are going to be coming out of there. It's a 21. Dang it. Very sad. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah. Ah, uh, see. Bonus points if the Lumia had failed, but I was trying to, like, slow down the cultists so that you don't get overwhelmed because Fair. the cultists are what killed us last time. Yeah. So Hassan spins and does a full-out attack on the one that he and Sudi are fighting. Okay. So first attack's a 12, which is a 28, which will hit. Yay, Hassan. It's probably going to be hitting pretty reliably. Chopping down on this guy for 12 points of damage. Second swing is a... An 8, which is a 24, which is still a hit. Cleaving into him for 16 points of damage as the man screams and detonates into an explosion. Cool. And One down. I need a reflex from Sudi, and that's going to hit on Hawked as well. Also, Sudi, I just gave you total cover with the webs. Is that, Do those count as total cover? When you're 20 feet away from somebody in the webs, yeah. Sweet. And now I can't hit the um, Lamia. <laughs> yes. I needed Sudi not to be charmed to murder us all. That's a good idea. Uh, okay, so I roll a 10 for a 26, and I have evasion. Also fire resistance. You got a 26, you said? Yes. Uh, yep, so Sudi avoids the damage entirely. Nice. Unhawk sadly does not. Unhawk taking 11 points of fire damage as this guy detonates and Ooh. burns a searing hole in the ground. So then takes a five-foot step and swings down at the paralyzed cultist. Hey, flanking. <laughs> the guy's a already immobile. 16 will hit his paralyzed flanked opponent. Chopping into him up. for 12 points of damage. 
which will actually finish that cultist as well that detonates. I will need a reflex save again from Onhocked, and this time also from Citra and Narmer. Citra rolls a 13 for a 25, and I have evasion. So Citra rolls out of the way of it entirely. Uh, uh, Narmer rolls a 15, which gets him a 23. 23. Uh, does he have evasion? No, he lost it for some of the stuff he got from his uh, familiar uh, archetype. Very well. Uh, so Narmer saves and takes four points of fire damage. Uh, Hawked also saves, but still takes four points he of fire damage. He has 10 fire resistance, so he doesn't take anything. Okay. I'm impervious to flames, except for if they do 11 points, which brings us to, there's no one else for him to swing at. So I guess that fourth swing of his is wasted. That brings us to Citra Nahamra. Okay, who goes after me? Sudi. I go right after you. Okay, then I'm going to step forward five feet, ready in action to wail on this guy after Sudi moves into the flank. Sudi will have to, to step into the webs to move into the flank. I don't care, I'm doing that. Well, you're going to be big. Yep. Okay. So Citrus slides over, readies in action. Yes. It is not Sudi's turn. What? What? Let me, uh... This area around you, the ground here, the light flickers as an aurora appears in the sky God, overhead of rolling on, flames. And as these colors, they cascade down over all of you. You can see these columns of fire beginning to descend down and the distance past those cultists you see a floating hovering figure in purple and gold mask upon his face. Uh, my friends, I've been waiting. Kabek soars up into the sky and we'll pick it up here next time. That son of a... Come on! He's already in the air! Dispel magic his dang fly spell. Dispel him! Make him fall to the ground. Also, where is Tedesura? I know, that's my worry. She's either dead or charmed. Also, I also appreciate the fact that there is only one bit of cover out here and you just covered it. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.